Wake up, Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 The Ticket's Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Hour number two, good show so far. If you missed any of it, head over to the podcast page, TicketFM.com. Nick Sainert, Steve Sipple, Eric Strickland with you on a Wednesday. We've almost made it through half the week, Sip. That's oh, pretty almost amazing. Almost made it through half the week. Yeah. And I, we haven't strangled each other. Well, why would we? Well, I mean, you can get kind of in a bad mood some days. I've, all, I've had coffee ready for you. I've had Jake, Jake warned me last week. He said, Nick... I realized that Sip is a different man when he doesn't have his coffee. And I said, okay, I'll make sure it's ready. So I come in. When I come in at 540, turn the lights on, and I go back, and I make that coffee. Thank you, by the way. With the intention of Steve Sipple's going to drink this. Hey, um, by the way, I appreciate it. Hey, no I'm problem. Drinking this. I'm on cup two. How, how is it? How is it tasting? It, it's Bagels and Joe coffee. It's, it's my fifth time ever brewing it. It's it's, you're doing a great job. Thank you. I'll do it again tomorrow. Yeah. And no, I'm serious. How long is this marriage going to be going on? <laughs> Till Friday. Til oh, Friday. till Friday. Yep. One weeker. Yep. One yeah, week. So one weeker. Just a fling. I've got yeah. Nate Doggy Dog for That's right. like almost two well, weeks and a half. So there, there was a potential that Strick, you and I were going to have to do on the block. We're going to get to do on the block next Friday because Nathan's gone because his birthday's Thursday night. And so his, mm. his, he's taking off Friday. For some reason. Boy, that's a millennial thing there. See, I don't think it would be. I I took off the day after my 21st this year, but for real reasons. I also stayed up. Real reasons. Understandable. (laughs) Yeah, but actually, it was opposite. I was was completely sober. I was at the casino. I was up 80 bucks. So it was was a good 21st birthday. Um, But anyway, all right. Who's on the line? Enough of this. Enough of this. Oh, Mike's on the line. Yeah, let's go to the Honda Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. Mike is on the line. Mike, happy Wednesday. Good morning. What's on your mind? Happy Wednesday to you guys. Hey, with, with Eric being on the show, I've, I've found this kind of interesting. Very recently, I was talking with a Nebraska assistant basketball coach from the 90s, and I asked him a few questions, and I just want to see how his responses compared to what you guys or what Eric thinks. Okay. And so the, the first question I asked him, and I think Eric played with all these guys, who was the better player? Who would he take, Eric Piakowski or Teron Liu? Ooh, ooh. I know different positions. Oh, no, that's a good question. I'll tell you, you give me your answer, and I'll tell you what he said. Um, I actually probably would take Pike. And Pike was, Pike was so unique in that he was effortless in how he did things. Um, he was... He was all about business. He freaking was probably the fastest on the team. Like, really? people, yeah. Pike ran like a four four. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, Pike was Pike was he was athletic at six what six six. Wow, Pike Pike was fast and white. He could stroke <laughs> it. Um, I I just loved I just loved that he did he did a lot of things that people just are you stupid he did, he did a lot that. of things that people just didn't wouldn't wouldn't necessarily uh, say to include play defense like he 
he was pretty solid all the way across the board, and I, I, I would probably take Pike. I'm surprised by that answer. Yeah. I am. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what the coach said. He said Pikeowski. Yeah. Who would you consider more underrated, however you want to define that? Bruce Chubbick or Vincent Hamilton? I would say Bruce Chubbick, and I love Vincent. Vincent was a tremendous talent, block shots, could run like a deer. Um, I, I think he actually underperformed to me. Whoa. I think I think Vincent could have been even better than what he was. I think Bruce superseded every expectation that was accounted for him. Uh, he played out of position, but yet he battled. And and I'm reminiscent of the Big Eight championship game when he was tasked. Now this is all year though with these tasks. So this was night. This was ninety three four. Yeah. Um, Bruce had to play big country, and he handled his himself inside against big country. Big country, and they went to the final four that year. So don't Oklahoma don't State act like uh, Oklahoma State. Don't act like you know it was just. Uh, you know something a, a menial task. This that team mm-hmm. was that good, and we uh, we beat them. So that I would oh, say Bruce wow. Chubbick underrated. Uh, and that's what the coach said. The last one I mentioned is kind of a little bit harder. I asked him who was the better opposing coach, Roy Williams or Jim Calhoun, and he said Roy Williams, but he said they always had talent. And he threw out a name <laughs> that he said the best coach and opposing coach in conference in his mind. Um, I'll just tell you, it's probably hard to – Lon Kruger. He thought Lon, Lon Kruger. Kruger was the best coach in the Big Eight. In, in Oklahoma. Right? Wasn't Lon at mm-hmm. Oklahoma at that no, time? No, he was at K-State. Oh, K-State. He was later in Oklahoma. Right, that right, was yeah. Big 12. Yeah. When you were playing K-State. He was K-State. Yeah. I, you know what? He got the most out of the talent that he was able to. He was always undersized, but they freaking competed, and yeah, they were tough. Yeah, Lon Kruger. Dang, I forgot he was at K State. Um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't fault that. I, I actually thought you know Storm and Norman was tough. I thought he was really tough as well. Norm Stewart. Norm Stewart. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Great questions, man. Thanks for hey, calling. Thank Appreciate you, Mike. It, Mike. Oh, Have a good rest of your day. Thank you, Mike. Hey. I, now, I feel like with Nick, we have to fill him in on some things. And Eric, this is awkward for Eric. He's sitting right by me. And Eric doesn't want to hear stuff like this. But I, I, there was a, I was looking at columns I wrote about Eric over the years. This is the way I let off a column about Eric talking about Kobe Bryant when, when Kobe died. This is, I said, former Nebraska basketball star Eric Strickland. Arguably the best defender to ever play for the Huskers. Were you aware of of the way this man? I, I have, I have been. So obviously, back when I was an intern with DP and Tom, okay, he was on the show, so yes. I, I got to learn about him. Funny enough, I don't know if you remember this. We sat back there as when I was an intern at like nineteen years old, and I just off the blue, just out of nowhere interviewed him for like 10 15 minutes okay and i still have it on my phone i haven't done anything with it yeah so i appreciate mike i appreciate mike calling with those questions yeah that was good because it gets us into eric's career a little bit and i was i was by by the way you never played with vincent did you yes oh did you play what Mm -hmm. how many years with vincent vincent was a vincent came in with tehran they were both freshmen 
And okay. he actually played as a freshman. He didn't play much, but he played. Right. And now I didn't think Venson was underrated. No, I'm not saying. He, well, Mike, under- Mike, Mike asked if he, if, well, if was who was more underrated, Chubik or Venson? I don't know that Venson was underrated. Yeah, he was big, big what, Big Twelve player. He's a Big right? Twelve player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, underrated in that sense. But I really think Vincent was way he well he had more a more of a skill set than what he really gave on. Like Vincent, he could have. He could have actually – I mean, he did his thing, but he could have dominated, and he should have been a pro. He was – he had both hands. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like he ambidextrous. Like, Is that right? Yes. Benson? Very ambidextrous. Like, you know, um, he could run. He he. I just think he wasn't as cerebral. Okay. That was probably his biggest limitation. He's pretty humble too. Yeah, he, you know, he didn't like have if he would have doggish. Yeah, he did, yeah, you're right. Kind of. He had to have some dog because he led yeah, the Big Twelve in rebounding. Was. But right. but you're right. I, if he was a, I guess what I'm saying is, if he was a little bit more arrogant, mm-hmm. like I think he could have, could have taken his game to an even higher level. Like he would dunk on you and just be like, just run down court. Yeah. Like if he would dunk on you and like. George Ackles, like when he when with you at UNLV, like George Ackles at UNLV. If you don't remember, that was back when like Larry Johnson and mm-hmm. Stacy Augman and you know uh, Anderson Hunt and um, um, oh, oh I remember all those guys. Um, last one, uh, left-handed Anthony, Anthony, Greg Anthony, Greg Anthony, right? There was that crew, right? George Ackles was by far the worst of the of them, right? But when he would dunk, he would let you and everybody know in the whole building yeah. that he just banged on Benson him. wasn't like that. Uh, but I still like say. Benson, if he was like that, he would have been even more cool. Strick, you help me with this. What was, was, was the Tyron Lou-Venson-Hamilton combo the best, the best guard-center combo Nebraska's ever had? Best guard-center combo. Tyron Lou-Venson-Hamilton. I don't know. I mean, you you may want to you may you may make a case that a lot of people don't understand that uh, Henry T. Buchanan and and Hoppin, I think. Okay. They, yeah, yeah, you may want to make a case uh, for them. I have to look, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think they played together. Okay. Okay. Henry T. and Hoppin. I'm mean, listen. Henry T. He he would come. Them, him and all their crew would come and play against us. He had the ugliest Henry T. If you're listening, I I, I might even have to clip this to you. He had the ugliest jumper that when he shot it, you ha- I'm like, how the freak did that go in? Yeah, like, he could shoot though. But he could shoot. Oh, he right? could shoot. He was a he was a crazy I don't. Good it, it was kind of like freak it was kind shoot. of like Reggie Miller. Yeah. To me, like Reggie Miller had one of the ugliest looking jumpers, but he was wet. Mm-hmm. Like that thing was money ball. Like when I played, mm-hmm. when I played with Indiana. And we were playing together. I w- we would do shooting drills. I always wanted to shoot with the best guy. So I would, like, in Dallas, would shoot with Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis. Yeah, you know, and I would shoot with Reggie. And I, I would shoot with Allen Houston mm-hmm. after practice because those guys, you knew they were going eight for ten clips on, you know, spot threes. You right. know, you know they were going to hit eight, nine, ten a clip. So I wanted to compete against them so I can raise my bar. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Henry T had probably the ugliest jumper I've ever seen, but he he was wet and he was tough. And I I would I would I would even venture to say that was a tough combo too. Okay, that that makes sense. I want to transition to the NBA Finals a little bit. Nick, you can chime in on this. Mm-hmm. We're me and Nick were talking about this on the phone last night when we knew when 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 I found out you were coming in. 
Eric Strickland, 6'3", you played probably 2, what, 10, 215? No. Were you 220? 225. <laughs> oh, big dude. See, big guard. Big now, man. in this series, yeah, 220, in this series, if you were playing for Golden State, mm-hmm. who were you assigned to, Jalen Brown or, or Tatum? It probably would depend on who was – who. so if, if Tatum had got hot, mm-hmm. he would probably switch me to Tatum. If if, if Jalen got yeah. hot, then he would say, "Okay, tonight you're going to guard Jalen." It, it would be a switch. He'd be, it, it be would, on one of them. It, though. It, if 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 stuff was going crazy with Draymond, he would put me on Draymond. Okay, so yeah, if you were, okay, yeah, if you were on the Celtics, if you were on the Celtics, would you be assigned to Wiggins, Steph, or Clay? Probably Steph. Really? You would really Steph? Steph initially. And then if you know, like it, it would yeah. literally, it could rotate. It would be a Steph Clay, depending on who was hot. With, with a guy that that runs, I don't know, probably half a mile before he takes a shot, and he's so athletic, and he has such good handles that his, his handles are underrated. I am, in my opinion, very he, underrated. People, people don't talk very about people Ir- don't talk his, his his ability ability to yeah. handle the ball yeah. a, enough. How difficult does that make the defensive assignment? Well, for me, the handle doesn't necessarily because I, I I don't I don't get caught in the plays. Maybe not the handle, but the, his his ability, his now, athleticism running around. I mean, I guess so, so much. It, to me, he's no different than Reggie Miller mm-hmm. because that's what I have to do. He to me, he would be no different than Reggie Miller, or he would be no different than Rip Hamilton. Rip Hamilton, remember what I told you? Yeah. last night. So Rip Hamilton was that guy. Yeah, and ran he, forever. He without the three. Rip Hamilton was the yeah. mid-range killer. He was Jimmy Butler of his day. Detroit Pistons. Yep. Yeah. So they that's what they well actually he's no different than Allen Iverson because all the plays they had for Allen Iverson, he would run all mm-hmm. over these screens and all these different times. The difference is is they they let him move on screens now. They didn't back then. That, that's, that's in your true. day. That's true. In, in your day. Yeah, they, now this go ahead. They're, pre- they're pretty lenient Very on, on a lot of stuff screens. right now. Now Nick, this is a sort of this is a reason I I mean I I I still get a little freaked out when I'm sitting next to Eric because you understand we're sitting next to a guy who guarded both Kobe and mm-hmm. and Jordan. Yeah. And you once told me that those guys were incredibly difficult to guard. And you said Michael was a little harder to guard. But you said they both had counters, just just mm-hmm. a, a large Crazy array counters. of counters. Like, what are we talking about? So when, when I'm talking about counters, like counter – Okay, moves. for example. Counter I'll moves. give you an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this way you can understand. For me, like people say, well, who's the hardest to guard? And, it, and, and they would think like Allen Iverson, right? Mm-hmm. Because just shifty and quick and, you know, just shoot the lights out, got, you know, crazy game. Yeah. yeah. OK, but it wasn't because Allen had patterns right to his game. Iverson guys had patterns to his game like Allen had patterns, um, you know, you know, Nick Van. Oh, so I'll, I'll get to that. But what I'm Nick saying Van is that's what you're going to what say. I'm saying is. I knew that if I took Allen left, mm-hmm. it's more likely that he's shooting. He shoots going left. So I'm not biting on crossovers going right. Mm. I'm not moving on different things to get me to bite left so he can go right because he's going to finish and he's going to get me in foul trouble or yeah. stuff like that. So I knew that. What I mean with Kobe and them, I couldn't do that. I'd have to straight up play them. Mm-hmm. I would cut them off, and they had counters to everything I did. 
whether it was a half spin, a spin to another another spin, they you couldn't dictate or pattern. Like with yeah. Latrell Sprewell, I knew if he dribbled a couple times to the middle, he was going to look to spin back right. Uh, I, I had those type of t- tails. So I want to I want to relate this to to baseball yeah. because I, I'm a baseball guy and I know you are as well. So you'll understand this analogy. So when you're when you're on the base paths, right? Yeah. Pitcher a really good. What makes a really good base stealer is is understanding the pitcher when they're in a routine. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like a one look, whether it's two yeah. looks. If they come set, they look at you once and they deliver every time. Guys will catch on that, right? There's charts. Whether they have a slide step, well, or, yeah, slide yeah. step, and, and that's mm-hmm. stopwatch. You know, times for, to from from the from the mound to home yeah. and things like that. That the difference between a good quality pitcher and a great pitcher is they're able to control the game. They're able to manage the game while staying composed and still doing their job, pitching to contact, throwing strikes. Right. They don't get in routine. They don't allow. Oh. They don't allow routine in okay. their game. They always mix up. They mix up looks. One time they'll come set, look at you once, hold for another two seconds, and then deliver home. Next yeah. time they'll yeah. come set, look three times, and you have no clue. You're mm-hmm. off guard, right? So you can't get a good jump on the base pass. Is that what separates a really good basketball player as well? Is when they don't have a routine. Mm-hmm. Because that's you mentioned what he's saying, like, that's and that, that's, I, saying. I felt like yeah. that was a good analogy. Yeah, because that I, is obviously I, I don't know nearly as much about basketball as I do about baseball. I'll be the first to admit that. So for for me personally, and if anybody is listening, if if you're a baseball guy and like me, that's a, I felt like that was a really good analogy. Facts. Because you just mentioned Allen Iverson. If you went, if you took him left. His his routine, what he always went to, fell back on was to to a shoot step back three or some form. I mean, a step back two or some form. Yeah, I, and and but so the hardest ones to guard, like Kobe and Michael, were difficult not because of you know just it, it was being afraid of them. It was more so their counters. That's what made them counters. Yeah. But the ones that were difficult for me was Nick Van Exel. Mm-hmm. Or like Damon Stoudemire. Unfortunately, well, Let's fortunately, the they're both left guard. Yeah, exactly. They exactly. had no pattern. It was, yeah. it was it Frenetic. was half half steps, crosses, half spin. It, I was like, where are you going, right. my guy? Where, so, what are you trying to do? That was the thing that, that made it difficult for me. And I hated guarding like Reggie Miller and Rip Hamilton because mm-hmm. I'm – I gotta get rest. They're running because yeah. they're freaking running. They're all running. Night. Yeah, they're 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 you coming know? off two screens, three screens, yeah. right? Like Chauncey Billups and guys like that. They weren't tough for me, you know. Um, um, you know, guys. You know, guys that were physical and strong. You know, even Gary Payton wasn't tough for me. It, it, it was it was those type of guys, yeah. those Nick Van Exel types that just herky jerky games that made yeah. it really See, difficult. That stuff's fascinating. Yeah, that's to me. that's super super interesting. And it's always that's, interesting when you're sitting next to someone who's in that weird percentile of athlete. Like, yeah. I don't know what percentile we're talking about. But Can I tell you real quick before you answer that? Yeah. One of the toughest guys and people I, – I put him in my top five okay. all the time. Okay. Of – Tough guys. And he was just, just – because he was so tough and hard-nosed. It was – John Stockton. Stockton? John really? Stockton for me was just, he was tough. And I, I also, another guy named Rod Strickland. I hate, I just. I remember you, t- I remember you telling me about Rod Strickland because he was so strong. Strong, and he had pats, and he was kind of Vincent Hamilton mm-hmm. type of, you know, charisma about him. Uh-huh. 
But yeah, those type of guys. Rod Strickland was just man strong. Man strong. He yeah. put a hand on you. Yeah. And yeah, you know, wow. guys I hated to defend me were like, you know, of course Gary. Um, I hated Gary like, Payton. I yeah. hated like Derek Harper. See, these are names that you Nick, know. you were not familiar with. Gus not familiar with, but Gus's dad be familiar. Yeah. Your dad be familiar with. These are the, the yeah, see, best like, players I, of that I, I'm era. familiar with a lot of names. <laughs> I, I'm familiar with a lot of them. Actually, Maybe Gus is, are you familiar, Gus? Uh, but I, okay. I couldn't deep dive on on what they the, what their style was like. So yeah. it, it's that's why I just took a backseat. I'm like, I'm just learning and 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 just to gathering information. Gus is familiar, by the way. Nice with, job, Gus. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, well, young. Come on, don't cr- discredit Gus. Right, it shit. was fun to get to see <laughs> the old guard, to see the David Robinsons, mm-hmm. to see the Carl Malones, to see yeah, I those old style of, of players, Tim Hardaway's, and then to transition into, you know, a lot of people don't even know, like, Steve Nash was my backup. Like, the, the, Steve Nash like, he played, was he came my off the bench backup. behind me. Like, that really, that's why they had to get me out of Dallas because it was going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have cared. They could have started Steve, and I would have came off the off the bench. Yeah, I didn't um, care. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to win. So, mm-hmm. but in actuality, yeah, I, didn't, Steve I came forgot off the about bench that. Behind me, yeah, I and, forgot about and, that. And so, in that era, to watch them to grow into the players, like I gave Steve thirty six when he was in Phoenix. I, you know, I I I worked him over. Is that right? But, but. It you, was you showed him what thirty six looked man, like. I gave him a good thirty six, <laughs> and, and, and it was yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you showed Nash what thirty six looked like, Nick. <laughs> but I also got to play and watch LeBron James. You're stupid. <laughs> I got to watch them come into the league, right? A young LeBron James yeah. and Kevin Durant. Yeah. Dude, they yep. were still in Seattle at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and watch them. You're not as old as I thought so, you were. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm you, only you 36. Were with you were man. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I'm only 36. I mean, dang, how old do you want me to be? That's awesome. You were in the league. Yeah, that's. I forgot you were in the league with Durant. Yeah. Yeah, Durant came in. Dwayne Wade, yeah. all them guys. Yeah. 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 Thanks Think again about to. that for a second. Thanks again to, to Caller Mike for kicking this segment off. Really good questions from him. Really good. Really, Thank you, Mike. Really interesting segment there. Let's go ahead and take a break. Nick, Sip, Strick, all hanging out with you on a Wednesday. Early break. Early break on the ticket, 93.7. In our Future of Cloud survey, Deloitte discovered two approaches to innovation. Those who look at the new technologies and changes swirling around them and wonder what's possible, and those who use cloud to engineer their possible. Generating new revenue, advancing processes, and sparking cultures of innovation. Learn more about what separates these cloud innovators. Download Closing the Cloud Strategy, Technology, and Innovation Gap at Deloitte.com slash US slash cloud survey. 